I want to uh, try to give you, you know, it's the new year, the first service in uh, 2018. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some of you have made resolutions uh, and, you know, got some ideas about how to make your life better in the coming year. Uh, I The older I get, and some of you that are already there, it just seems like it's all this melding into one. You know, it just, you know, uh, used to be, man, it's a brand new year. Well, man, I just, there was just a new year. All of a sudden, how in the world are we a year further down the road? And, and do you realize now there's only 51 le- weeks left in, in 2018? Think about it. You know, and man, it just all of a sudden it's going to be the end of January. And then it, it just time just continually, you know, it doesn't stop. But, uh, but I do, uh, you know, in, our, in your hearts and minds, what I want you to realize is I don't care what the season, what the day, what the month is. The mercies of God are new every morning. And uh, you don't have to wait until a new year to make a change in your life. It's, it's every day. And what I've come to re- understand and realize is that I, I wake up in the same grace every day, whether I have failed or succeeded. And, 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 and you need to understand that. You're, you're here, and if you're bound by sin, if you've, if you've fallen short of the glory of God like the rest of us, maybe more severe, less severe, it doesn't matter. You wake up in the same grace. And then you get to choose again what you do. And the difference is if you truly have experienced the new birth, which I would encourage everyone to, be born of the water and spirit, if you've truly uh, been birthed into the kingdom, then, uh, uh, you know, he does not disinherit you. You're his. But you do get to reap what you sow. How many of you have felt that? You get to reap what you sow. And what happens is we learn obedience by so, uh, reaping things that make us hurt. We want to pray, God, we want to be out of this pain. Right? God, I want to quit suffering. Well, there's some of you are suffering because of your own actions. Right or wrong? Okay. So, and there's some of you that are suffering because what has been sown into your life by others. I'm going to talk about that also. How many want to be free in 2018? I mean, walk with that freedom. I'm going to tell you this morning uh, that you that are, that are you, you, you're focusing on a, a, the problem of your life, right? And you're going to overcome the problem. You're never going to overcome the problem by focusing on the problem. But you'll overcome because of faith. You will, if, if you'll hear me just for a moment. This morning, you can be an old, and here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, in, in verse 
number 21. It says, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. How many of you know we face evil every day? It's all around us. And, and, and the thing that is, we got the idea we're going to fight evil, right? How's that working for you? <laughs> Here's the deal, okay? The Bible says that uh, the Lord is my what? Shepherd, okay? Another scripture says we are the sheep of his pasture, right? You know what it is about sheep? We don't have fangs. Hey, you know, we don't have really, you know, uh, uh, claws. Our protection is the shepherd. Okay. If, if it's w- without him, there is nothing. We, we got nothing, folks. If we're not near him, we do not. There is not any way that we are protected. And so the reality of it is, it's not that if, if you're on the outskirts of, of, of the sheepfold and you're being um, buffeted by evil, the, the one thing you need to do is find out how to get near to him, not how to stand there and overcome that thing. Think about it. And so you don't, you don't overcome, uh, uh, you, you don't be overcome by evil, the uh, and the, how you're not overcoming is you overcome evil with good. Philippians talks about if there's anything that's virtuous, if there's any praise, if there's anything that, that's good, think on these things, right? That, that's just the way you overcome is you, you overcome evil with good. And so the idea of you buckling down, and by sheer will, uh, overcoming what's going on in your life, you need to access the goodness of God, and uh, and 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 the way it is. And so I told the kids this morning: there are three steps to living an overcoming life. And uh, uh, I, I want to read them for you uh, and, and try to unpack this this morning. I'm reading from Matthew. Chapter 22 and verse number 37, it says it like this. And he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Let me read it again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. Everybody say the greatest, the most important. Okay. The second is like it. Pretty close. Okay. It's not like, it's not a distant second. It's pretty close to the first. It says that we are to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Think about it for a moment. The the law, the commandments, were most of them a positive or a negative? Don't do this. Right? Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. 
Took a while for the, the first commandment with promise, honor. But, but the majority of them was this idea is you can't, don't, stop. And when you live your life in that mindset, you're living under a law that you cannot possibly, you cannot fulfill it. You're not able to. But when you understand what it is, if there is a victory in your life, it's going to be because you're going to love God and you're going to love your neighbor. We want to make it so complicated what it is to live an abundant life. And, and I'm going to teach things. And, man, I mean, there's all kinds of other things that, that you know, the depth of the Word of God, it's there it, to understand it. There's some deep spiritual truths, but the reality of it is you can be ignorant. You cannot be very intelligent. And I don't say that uh, putting anybody down. You don't have to have a high IQ. It is very simple to live an overcoming life. You need to love God, and you need to love your neighbor. Everything else, everything else in the law hinges on that. What, what is it to love God? You know, uh, loving your neighbor and loving God is not this, man, I just feel this sunshine every time I look at my neighbor. Think about it. There's some of you look at your neighbor and it's not sunshine you're feeling. Because the reality of it is we've been sold a bill of goods on what it is to love somebody. It has nothing to do with what you're feeling. It's, it's being unselfish towards somebody. You can either think of yourself or you can think of others. And I was telling the kids up here, it's God, others, and then us. If you can live that uh, uh, reality very simply, if you can put God first and then others next, I don't care whether or not, uh, uh, you know, they are worthy of your love. We trade these things, right? But understanding that to love God and loving our neighbor is absolute, the, the very foundation of us having a life that's abundant. It's, it, is not, it is not that difficult. When you're facing sin and when you're facing uh, addiction, when you're facing all of that, you've got a choice to make. You're either going to be very selfish. Do you realize every time that I sin or you sin, who am I thinking of first? I don't care which one it is, folks. You name it. If you thought of others first... It would cause you to pause. Those of you that steal, who are you thinking of? Well, I don't steal. Well, do you take from work? Do you not give an honest day? You know, do you find ways that you can get away, you know, not do what you're supposed to be doing there? Well, who, who are you taking from? Who are you thinking about? Those of you that live a life of immorality. We live in a perverse society that says anything goes, doesn't matter. And, 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 and what happens is, is all, and all of this 
uh, perversion that's around us, who are they thinking about first? God is the author of our sexuality. Is he not? And, and for it to be done in the covenant of marriage, young people in the covenant of marriage, it is because it's based in love. It's, it's a giving, not an act of, of self-fulfillment or self-pleasure. So where is that? Love God, love others. You that, and I'm, you know, I know there's kids here, but you that are involved in pornography. Oh, no, we're not. We're, you that are involved in pornography, listen to me. You wouldn't do that if you took for a moment and considered those that you're taking pleasure in watching the heartache and hurt in their life. You, you couldn't do that if you considered others. It's not the depth and the darkness of all of that. It's the, can you imagine the lives that those people that are engaged in that, that you're taking pleasure in, what put them there? You weren't there when that little girl was abused. I, I, it's not about, i got to stop doing that. Consider others. Think about it for a minute. Not just that, but the heartache and hurt that, that it does in relationship. You name any sin that's out there. Consider those that you're hurting. Consider the heartache, the, the, the fruit of your selfishness, the fruit of your selfishness. And then, and how it's affecting others. You realize, I don't care what any one of the commandments, folks. If you, if you would consider and love others better than yourself, you'd stop. So it's not, and I... I'm sure there are some things that you can medically discern, but I'm going to tell you what sin is selfishness. And you can have all kinds of mental excuses for addiction, but I'm telling you at the end of the day, you're making a choice to be selfish. So just call it what it is. Realize it. Quit, quit trying to cover it up with something else, and then you know what? Realize that you're standing in a place of grace. You're standing in a place of grace. And you can make a choice right now to walk in a different direction. And you can leave it. The great thing about the blood of Jesus, he cleanses us from what? All sin. You don't go back and somehow make it all right. The only thing that makes it right is the cross. And it's the only hope that any one of us have. And so the idea of being an overcomer is living an unselfish life. So here's what happens to us. And uh, it, well, and let, let me just say this again. It, you know, it says, it says in that Scripture, it says that we are to um, love our neighbor as ourselves. So, we, you know, we're putting ourselves on an on a equal, I got to love me. As much as I love them, and honestly, if you if you have a very low opinion of yourself, it's tough to love anybody else, right? 
If you don't understand what it is to be loved, it's tough to love someone. In fact, the only reason that someone can freely give that kind of uh, 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 love and unselfishness is because they live it. They, they have it given towards them. But, but the, what happens is, and here, here's what it says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 1. It says, if there be any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any uh, 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 affection and mercy fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feeling, focusing on one goal. Do not out of rivalry or conceit, or do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others more important than who? Do you realize how inconsiderate the world is around us? It is, it is absolutely stunning to me how inconsiderate people have become. Where you can be, you, you know, uh, uh, wherever, and nobody thinks of anybody else but themselves. But that shouldn't be in your life, and in my life. I realize there is that time that we have such great need that I got I to gotta take care of myself. And as a newborn babe in Christ, you, you take that time to grow and mature. But there ought to be the place, and so there's one, a reason why some of you are stuck spiritually is because you've looked at this spiritual life as if, What's in it for me? What's in it for me? How can it affect me? How can it help me? What can it do for me? When the reality of it is, he wants you to look on the needs of others because he takes care of us. Because he's a good father. And that as I look on the needs of others and I sow into that uh, field and I, and I do for others, that it just comes back to me in so many different ways, and it does. But if you grasp for it and you want it's all about you, you can be so selfish and inconsiderate. You know, we're going to, in the year to come, there's some prayer that's going to be going on. There's going to be some fasting. Remember when we used to fast? We, we want to get into some, some spiritual pursuit. But I'm going to tell you, you can't take everything that's spiritual and make it selfish. There's some of you that are going to fast uh, to do a body cleanse. Oh, yeah? Who's that benefiting? I'm a, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to say, go ahead and do it. But I'm going to tell you, there's that fast that's called of God where you just, you, you're, there's a sacrifice made because, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know your will. I want to see a, 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 a deliverance in somebody else's life. You can make everything that we do to be selfish. And it, it, but it's a whole different platform when you're looking at the needs of others first. Easy as one, two, three. God first, others second. And myself, God, you take care of me. Because I'm first to you. 
It's not like I'm, I'm not coming in last here. I just don't have to put myself first because I know that you're a good father, that you take care of me. Another uh, scripture here, as you, as you go through life, what happens in our time, in our day, the things that we fight against, there's an incredible amount of, of uh, evil that's out there, is there not? Does it seem like it's increased to you? Over the years. And our access to it, it's right there. It's instant. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you try to, uh, uh, to combat that or, or to, to figure out how uh, to, to live in the hour that we're in. And, and, and I, I want to liken it, and, and ho- hopefully this becomes a part of, you're thinking the scripture is so powerful. And what Jesus says in a few words is so profound. I, the parable of the sower is just a few verses, but yet it is so incredibly filled with wisdom and understanding and, and speaks into our lives continually. And, and here, here's how it goes. Says there was a very large gathering, Luke chapter eight. The people were flocking to him from every town, and he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he was sowing, some fell along the path that was trampled on, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rock. When it sprang up, it withered since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground, and when it sprang up, it produced a crop a hundred times what was sown. And when he said this, he called out, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. Can you imagine? Just something so simple, yet so profound. And people like the disciples, I don't know what you're talking about. Talking about something very natural that everybody knows. How does that apply? And here's he says the meaning in, in verse eleven. He said, "Here's the meaning. The seed is the word of God." Let me tell you this, folks. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Okay. It, it, it will produce. We don't have to change the seed. The seed's right. It says, the seed is the word of God. The seed along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. In other words, they're so hard in their heart that seed doesn't penetrate. The seed on the rock are those who hear, welcome the word with joy, having no root. These believe for a while and depart in a time of testing. And as for the seed, then this is what I want to talk about, that fell among thorns. These are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and the pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. There's seed that fell on good ground. But if there is ever a time 
when we are in a storm of thorns. I mean, a whirlwind, that seed is being sown all around us. And the reality of it is, I don't think that any one of us can prevent it from falling upon our lives. But I'm going to tell you what, if you don't tend it, if you don't take care of it, if you don't take some time to remove the things, we can be swept away by the cares, the pleasures. Some people, there are so many pleasures out there for us in our culture, specifically as Americans. We have every pleasure available. And if that's what we seek, again, God, others, and us, who are we seeking it for? Really, all you have to do is, is, is get that in the right order. God, no, no, me, a little bit of God, and if I got anything left over, I'm going to give it to some others. No, I'm going to serve God with all my heart, so it's God and me. I don't care about anybody else. Well, that's not going to get you too far. But when you put God first and you realize that I'm going to esteem you better than me and I'm going to put others first and then, God, I know I'm I'm cared for. I know he does. I know he'll carry my pack. Why? Because he's a good father. He knows. And again, some here today, you have been... uh, Not a result of your own actions, but people have sown thorns and thistles into your life, even at a young age. Doesn't mean you're doomed not to produce fruit. Doesn't mean that you're you're just, well, I'm not going to be as, as fruitful as somebody else. That doesn't mean that at all. It means some are going to have to get on your knees a little more and pull that stuff up, but don't make excuses for it. Don't make excuses for your bitterness. Don't make excuses for your unforgiveness. We have a responsibility. The seed, is, it's, it's right. It doesn't need to be changed. Find a way to, and find the word in your life that, that will absolutely, it becomes the, the weed killer. It becomes a thing that will absolutely destroy that. And man, once you once you clear that, I I remember as a kid, man, I wanted to plant a vegetable garden. We had a big dairy farm, and I planted a vegetable garden. We got so busy on the dairy farm, I went back in, you know, August, and I found some vegetables, but it wasn't very fruitful. There was tomatoes in there, but man, oh man, getting to them was crazy. How many of you know God's got a divine purpose for you? He has a very specific, the fruit of your life. But we live in a world that thorns and thistles seems to be. They're just around us, but you do not have to give to them. But it takes exercising yourself to godliness. 
is an effort. But it's a great day to commit to a new exercise routine. And it's, listen to me as we stand. Yo, man, I, I, I need to do this different. I need to do that different. I got to start praying. I got to start. Do- it's easy as one, two, three. God first. Others next. And then put yourself last. If you've got that order mixed up any other way, you know what? You're going to just flounder a little bit. You're going to not be as productive, not be as fruitful. You're, you're, you're going to be, you continue to suffer. Say, well, nobody's ever put me first before. I'm going to tell you this. Jesus put you first. When he went to the cross for you and I, who was he thinking of? He put you first. He's already put you first. So, Father, I'm speaking your grace and mercy today, and I thank you for a brand new year and a new day. God, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We can't come to you because we deserve it. We come to you because you love us. Because you're unselfish. And I'm asking in this day, uh, in in this service, let it be in in the new year before us that my, me, me, God, that I would love you first. Father, that I could put others above my own needs. Lord, that I could trust you to take care of me and every one of my needs. I speak your grace upon your people. Let them understand, God, how you put us first and how we can even stand here today filled with hope and access to grace. I thank you for it today. I thank you for it today. If you want 2018 to be a new start, Come on, man. Give it to God. What you're carrying, you say, Dad, would you take this? He wouldn't have packed it on you, but that he knew he could carry it. He can carry it. Follow him today. In the name of Jesus. As we sing, I open the altars. I want to pray for you, pray with you. But if you want to make a new start, it's God first. Others. Others. And he'll take care of you. I'm going to open these altars. Would you pray today in Jesus' name? Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my son.